Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. You're smart, engaging, and successful. But do you feel deep down that there's something wrong, that it's all a facade, and that one day soon your true abilities, or lack thereof, will be discovered? From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. nagging sense of your own inadequacies, well, that's called imposter syndrome. And Suzanne Mercier, a Sydney-based author and behaviour change expert, was ahead of her time when she wrote a book about it called Liberate Leadership, How the Imposter Syndrome Undermines Leadership Capability and What to Do About It. Suzanne is a performance catalyst, working with business people at all levels to help them recognise and develop their potential. She is considered to be Australia's expert on identifying and moving beyond limiting mindsets, including the imposter syndrome. But she begins by telling Heather Dawson about her own experience as an imposter in an earlier life as she rose through the ranks of executive advertising. I didn't know it at the time, but I was selected for being promoted within the advertising industry within George Pats. But the day that I was actually promoted, I thought I was going to be fired. I thought I was doing such an appalling job. (laughs) And so I was a bit taken aback when I got promoted. It was a couple of levels above where I was sitting already. It hadn't been on my radar at all. And so that was the first time that I experienced this feeling of being not quite good enough, not quite measuring up, thinking somebody was going to tap me on the shoulder and say, this is not where you belong. Time to leave. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the key characteristics of this imposter syndrome? Well, the first thing is that uh, we may or may not use these words, but we feel like a fake and a fraud. We think that we really don't measure up. We focus on our weaknesses and our failures. And I say that in, in the lovely inverted commas, rather than our strengths and our successes. And we think that any success that we've experienced has been due to external factors such as incredibly good luck or somebody else thinking that we measure up when we actually don't believe that ourselves. If we have been fortunate enough to be successful, we wonder how on earth we're going to pull the rabbit out of the hat again. So it's, it's generally that feeling of being incredibly uncertain and incredibly uncomfortable. Well, how common do you believe it is in business? And I mean, do we even know? Well, it was actually discovered in the late 1970s and at that stage the research study indicated that 70% of people experience the syndrome and about 33% of them experience it at a chronic level, meaning it's almost like a pair of glasses that they put on and look at the world through. And there have been a number of studies since then that have actually reinforced those figures, primarily within the academic area, but some inside business, and the figures have all been the same. And interestingly, one of the questions I get asked is about males and females, and everybody thinks it's a female syndrome. It's actually not. It impacts both men and women. Well, you say it has a big impact on our ability to be really good leaders. So in what ways does it undermine leadership? Well, first of all, I think great leadership starts with self-leadership, being able to recognise who we are, what we bring to the table, some of our strengths, some of our wobbly bits, and um, and to manage those effectively in the workplace so they don't impact on people around us. When somebody's experiencing the imposter syndrome, they're actually in a space of fear, a space of reactivity, a space of self-protection. So they're not really concerned about anybody else. They're, they're more concerned about not being discovered as being not good enough. So they actually are not in a position to lead other people. 
it has a huge impact on things like employee engagement, on people's willingness to be part of innovation or even brainstorming, on people's ability to participate in high-performing teams, on the organisation itself in terms of being a high-performing organisation. So it has severe business impact. And presumably very difficult to accept any sort of feedback and criticism um, as a leader because that would just make you feel even worse and more defensive probably. Yes, and at the extreme end, that's where toxic leadership sits. So somebody who is really experiencing that feeling of not being good enough and that fear of being discovered, their behaviour becomes very prickly and and almost abusive in some cases in the aim of self-protection. Now, some people will go to great lengths to hide their sense of inadequacy, you say, Suzanne. What do they do? Well, first of all, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I certainly could when I figured it out. Um, The first thing that we think is that we're not actually good enough. We need some more skills. We need to go off and do another program or another read another book or learn something else. And so that's one of the the more obvious things that we do. The other thing that we do is we engage in behaviours that in this particular circumstance can be considered dysfunctional. So if we've been triggered into feeling not good enough, we felt like we've lost control, we're exposed, we're vulnerable, we might withdraw or withholds like take our bat and ball and go home not playing anymore we might become ineffective workaholics we might sacrifice our talents in order to fit in we might become quite judgmental of other people we might totally ignore risks and consequences and just go for it and we might actually try and live under the radar which in my experience a lot of women do so those behaviors actually are part of the problem because if they're designed to protect me if I'm feeling not good enough they're also designed to keep people at a distance and designed to control, to exert as much control over the situation as I can. And the whole thing about leadership is that it's actually about taking care of people, about looking out for them, about inspiring them and about recognising their potential and giving them opportunities to develop that, sponsoring their career through the organisation, that sort of thing. But if I'm as a leader not feeling good enough, that's not going to be on my radar at all. Now, recognising that you suffer from the imposter syndrome is one thing, Suzanne, but how do you cure yourself? If you, if you can. <laughs> um, I get asked that question a lot and maybe I'm not far enough along, I don't know. But um, but certainly what happens is you desensitise yourself. I think it's a sensitivity. So the things that bothered me five years ago aren't even on my radar now that I just like just rolls off me, you know, like Teflon. But I do experience other things that catch me unawares sometimes, uh, but it's much less often. And when it happens, I recognise it very quickly and I know what it is and I can laugh about it or move beyond it quite quickly. So it's actually about, first of all, recognising our strengths and our successes. And sometimes we need some help to do that because we can't see ourselves very clearly. The imposter syndrome is a very distorted self-view. So we need somebody we trust to help us identify what it is that we do well so that we can start to build that solid foundation of confidence. Well, it takes uh, quite a lot of uh, self-evaluation, but you've drawn up some principles of what you called shift to help us along the way. What are they? Yeah, well, the first one is actually um, we have to be aware of what's going on. Of course we do. Otherwise, we don't know that there's anything that we need to change. And part of that is about accepting personal responsibility and being accountable for our own behaviours and for the outcomes that we achieve. The second one is what I just mentioned, which is to actually start to develop a much more realistic perspective of who we are. And that means also accepting the weaknesses as much as the strengths, because everybody has weaknesses. We can't be good at everything. That's the perfection driver. And that's actually 
actually paralyzing almost. The other thing I've found to be very powerful is to actually, and you need the first two to be able to do this, but to develop a sense of purpose. What is it that I'm actually bringing to leadership? What's the difference that I'm going to make? And in order to recognize that contribution, what we need to do is to understand what we bring to the table, those strengths, those successes, the unique combination of qualities that we have that enable us to make our own unique contribution. So those are probably just three of them. The other ones that I talk about are actually pushing ourselves outside our comfort zone on a regular basis because some people push through when they get to the edge of their comfort zone, other people pull back and the imposter syndrome is one of the um, situations that I guess defines the edge of our comfort zone. And therefore, if you can work on them, you can set yourself up for success and be proud of it rather than just think you're fooling everybody. So that'd be a lot less stressful in life, wouldn't it? Yes. And the pride is a different kind of pride. I don't know if that makes sense. Sometimes, you know, when we're quite ego driven, we're wanting to prove ourselves and we're trying to show everybody how good we are. But the person we're trying to show is generally ourselves. When we get to a stage of genuinely recognizing who we are, recognizing those strengths and recognizing those qualities, it's a very different different kind of pride. It's actually a humble pride, if that makes sense. It's, I'm okay, you're okay, how fantastic is this? (laughs) And it's actually quite liberating. I don't need to prove anything to anybody, because if I accept myself, then that's enough. And then I'm able to accept feedback, I'm able to correct my behaviour as I go along, because it's not about who I am, it's about what I do. So it's a very important shift to make, and it's a wonderful shift to have made. That was author and behaviour change expert, Suzanne Mercier. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B-Daily tomorrow. Follow at BEDaily podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.